What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which door? Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Jake From, Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake. PuntandPass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. We are on to week four. That's right, a quarter of the college football season is already behind us. And man, I hope you got a good couch and TV set up at your house because this weekend is simply amazing. We have huge matchups, six top 25 games, a bunch of undefeated teams teeing off against each other, sure to have a bunch of implications later on in the season. Jake, it's great to be a college football fan. What's going on, my man? Dude, absolutely going to be a great weekend. Get your popcorn ready, get the smokers fired up, yeah. go eat some meat, and get ready to watch a lot of college football. I tell you what, man, you know, I know you're up in the D.C. area. I'm down here in Atlanta, and the mornings, it's that crisp 60 degrees I was out mm. back with my kids this afternoon, a little breeze, about 75, nice and dry. Fall is fall is right around the corner, and it's an exciting time. And like you said, get on the couch, get outside, get the smoker going. You know how else you can make your weekend even better? By downloading the Prize Picks app. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. When you download the Prize Picks app or when you sign up, on prizepicks.com use the promo code punt and you get a deposit match of a hundred percent up to one hundred dollars that's right use the promo code punt when you sign up free one hundred dollars when you deposit one hundred dollars how does prize picks work you pick two to six players and if they go more or less than their prize picks projection 
you can win up to 25 times your money on an entry. They've got college football. They've got NFL. They've got PGA golf. The Ryder Cup's coming up next weekend. That's awesome. Mm. They've got NBA. They've got Major League Baseball. They've got everything. Get on over to Prize Picks, prizepicks.com, the best daily fantasy app in the game and founded by a Georgia Bulldog, Big Daddy, Adam Wexler. Shout out to the Wex Daddy. They're crushing it right now and they're giving away free dough for punt and pass listeners. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100 DB's three-piece hitting this weekend. I've got it dialed up. That's coming in a little bit. All right, let's do three and out, Jake. Three top storylines across the world of college football. First down, second down, third down. Then we'll go inside the five. We'll give everybody the breakdown on the biggest games of the weekend, of which there are many. So you got an action-packed episode of punt and pass right here. First things first, though, back to how we opened the show. First down, huge weekend of college football. Last weekend left a lot to be desired. I'll just say it. This weekend, it makes up for it in droves. Six top 25 matchups, Jake. One of them that's not even a top 25 matchup because Clemson isn't ranked as number four Florida State at Clemson. That game is at noon. Colorado, undefeated, ranked 19th, going to Oregon. Oregon's the 10th ranked team. Ole Miss at Alabama, a top 15 matchup. That's sure to be a good one. And then some Big Ten. Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Notre Mm. Dame, even though they're not in the Big Ten. Dude, it's going to be sick. I mean, this is a weekend that you're going to look back on in November and be like, man, if they had won in week four, they could be in the college football playoff. Yeah, you make a great point right there. Still early in the season, teams are trying to figure out who they are, what what their aspirations are late in the year. Uh, This is kind of where it starts. This is uh, a place and a time in the season to get that ball rolling, get some momentum, uh, and really to kind of show the world on a world stage that, hey, we're here to play. Uh, this is our season that we're going to go make a run at this thing. Um, you mentioned it, too. It's not in that that top 25 matchup, but Florida State and Clemson, man. Huge Florida, Florida State didn't play great last week. They got ahead early, let, let uh, Boston College come back, and, and really almost should have beaten them. Um, let's see how they respond at Clemson. So that's going to be a tough one. But, dude, it's just littered with some good games. I still like Arkansas and LSU. Yeah. I think that's a good game. I mean, it's Absolutely. an SEC matchup. Uh, Arkansas, man, I just love my fighting pitments, man. They just play hard, uh, play hard for them. So, dude, it's just littered. I mean, where do you want to start? Just throw it out there, and it's going to be good. Yeah, no doubt. We're obviously going to break down the Ohio State-Notre Dame game in just a little bit, but an atmosphere like that, one in which you've played it, the night game at Notre Dame, this is a top-10 matchup. Ohio State-Notre Dame, two of the premier Blue Bloods in all of college football history. What do you think Sam Hartman's going through? I mean, the guy is off to a ripping start to 2023, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, climbing up the Heisman ranks. If he wins this game at home, He'll be in the top three for the Heisman candidacy. No question about it. Don't look now. I have a future on Sam Hartman, so Uh go Sam Hartman. That would be awesome. But that atmosphere, Notre Dame at night. I mean, you went there. You saw it. You conquered it. Talk to the audience about something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's an awesome place to play. I mean, I was blessed enough to – I mean, that was my first start. Oh, God, it was your first start. I forgot about that. Just welcome to college football. Here you go. Let's just 
give you and take you to the most nostalgic place yeah. in all of college football. So uh, that was really neat, man. Just uh, the their shiny gold helmets, just just everything about it. Just it was just so cool. Um, just a traditional place. Uh, the stadium's nothing to really blow you away with. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it had an, a high school feel to it, just how close everybody was. There was no place to just throw and get loose on the sideline. I mean, it was just jam packed. Um, but man, it was just, it was fun. I, I don't know. I just, it was just fun. I was just trying to soak in and enjoy every minute, minute of it. Terry made some awesome fade catch for me um, kind of, and kind of the rest is history, you know? So um, that was fun. San, Hart- San Hartman's going to have a uh, a really cool atmosphere coming to town, and I think if he can get this win, uh, I think they'll be on to something. Yeah, Marcus Freeman, the head coach at Notre Dame, he's an Ohio State alum. He played linebacker at Ohio State, so a lot of heartstrings there. This is mm-hmm. going to be an awesome game, and I think what you mean by saying the stadium's nothing that blows you away, single level, kind of those yeah. northern football stadiums where, yeah, they're close to you, but the the stadium kind of goes out, unlike a Neyland where you walk in, it's 110,000, it's straight up and down, or like an LSU where yeah. the student section's right on top of you, gigantic, 95,000 people that are all just crazy. Um, I'm guessing that's what you kind of mean by that. Yeah, yeah, um, 100%. It's just, uh, it's not very tall. Uh, and from what I heard from, from all the fans that traveled in my family, the, the fans there at Notre Dame were just, Awesome. Very nice. Yeah. Very respectful. Uh, man, great, great atmosphere and a great place to play. Are you aware of the moment when you're going into that first start or are you so focused on, uh, I got to execute the game plan. I hope I don't turn the ball over. I don't want to fall on my face. Or are you taking it in? You know, Rudy, gold helmets, touchdown Jesus. Was all that going through your head? Uh, you know, Friday into Saturday into pregame warmups. Obviously, when the game kicks off, you, you're not worried about any of that stuff. Yeah, no, I. It really was just, hey, what what's the plan? Get me to the game and take a play by play. Um, it was really hard to kind of take in the moment of the game because the game was so down to the wire and close yeah. the whole time. Uh, so it was really not until we won and after the game, like, oh, hey, man, we're we're here and we just did this. This is going to be a great plane ride home. Um, but really just taking it in play by play. I just, Hey, whatever it is, I'm going to go execute this and, and hopefully it all works out. We're going off on a tangent here. I don't know if I've <laughs> told you this, but I've said it in years past, maybe before the 2019, uh, Notre Dame game, which I was at, which you of course played in. Um, I didn't go to that game. Okay. Yeah. I was born in Chicago, lived in Chicago for 10 years. The Falcons played the bears that weekend. The Cubs game was in town. I think I had no less than three legitimately badass invites. Hey, Drew, come with our group. We're playing golf here. Mm. Go into Notre Dame. Go into the Falcons game. Hey, Drew, come up on Thursday. We're going to play golf here. We're going to go to the Cubs game. All these. I mean, everybody went. My wife was a bridesmaid in one of her very close friends' weddings in Stonington, Connecticut. Beautiful New England coastal town. You know, I gave her the one, uh, Kent, and it was like, no, absolutely not. You're coming with me. I'm in the wedding. You're coming to this wedding. I was like, damn it. The wedding was awesome. I mean, the people are great. They're still married, so props to them. They do have a kid now, too, and I think she's pregnant. So number two on the way. Congrats to them. Congrats. Congrats. But I was fired up. You know, I'm not in the wedding. So my wife, all during Saturday, she's doing her thing. We didn't have kids at this point. I'm up in this coastal New England town just <laughs> doing well. I'm, I'm like watching football, having a couple of drinks. Well, the wedding starts. I've got my phone out. I'm like, you know, this is it. This is the game. I got to watch my dogs. 
Uh, it comes down to the wire. I just left the wedding, went back to the hotel room, watched, the, watched like the last 10 minutes no of the game. I was like, yeah, you guys do your thing. I got to see this happen. Saw the fade to Terry. Saw Rodriguez kick late. Dogs win. I go back Man. to the wedding, um, and we celebrated. He had one of the coolest things I've ever seen. He had a scotch tasting bar at his wedding. He's a huge scotch collector, uh, the groom was. So at his wedding, you know, they had the thing, the cocktails, the bar. And then on the other side for the gentleman, he had busted out some of his favorite bottles of scotch. And uh, we took it pretty deep that night. I obviously was <laughs> celebrating a huge dog's victory. So that's my Notre Dame story for nice. everybody there. Complete dogs win, baby. But dogs Let's win. go. Speaking of the dogs, uh, I just want to touch on this before we go to second down. Don't turn the podcast off, but I'm about to give the AJC some props, okay? Chip Towers wrote a really good article. It was in the AJC Thursday morning, and he was breaking down, air quotes, Georgia's offensive struggles. And props to Chip. He dove into the stats, and he was like, hey, I think we need to put things in perspective. Listen to this, Jake. You and I talked about it on Monday. It's the red zone troubles that are really exacerbating people's frustrations with Georgia not being able to score. I I could not believe this. I knew they were good a year ago. I did not know quite how good. From Chip's article, Georgia's red zone percentage through a perfect 15-0 season last year was a near-perfect 98.67%, number one in the FBS. That's just scoring once you get into the red zone. That is unprecedented. Automatic 98.67% a year ago, 15 and 0, number one in the FBS. Through three games this season, the Bulldogs sit at 72.7%, which ranks 94th nationally. But here is how it gets magnified. Okay. Three times this season, Georgia came away empty after penetrating an opponent's 20 yard line. That happened only twice last season so in 15 games a season ago they got in to the red zone and didn't score two times in 15 games this year through three games it's already happened three times okay three of the red zone failures ended with missed field goal attempts by freshman place kicker Peyton Woodring he's missed from 27 28 and 43 yards the bulldogs were 81 of 83 in the red zone last season jake that that blew my head off i was like holy shit that is some elite football in the red zone and when you convert at a clip like that i don't care if it's 81 field goals and no touchdowns that's remarkable so it puts things into perspective and then when you miss those short chip shot field goals man that is so deflating as you and i have discussed yeah, I mean, that's just a, a such of a impressive number. Uh, you really can't even fathom it. I mean, that's just automatic getting in there. Uh, when you get in the red zone, man, we're getting points. And then on top of that, when you get in the red zone, especially as a quarterback, no offense to the kickers, but, man, we are there to get seven points. Of course. Like, that is the goal. Um, that's how you break open games. 100%. That's how you just really get ahead. You stick a knife in the other team. Um, hit them with the dagger, and and when we're scoring touchdowns, it's it gets everybody going, gets the rhythm of the game going. The guys are hyped, and you get a really good feel uh, of the game. So uh, I don't think they're they're converting, having that that touchdown conversion rate uh, as well as they are. I I see something here that they're still only scoring a touchdown fifty six percent of the time, rather than sixty eight percent as they were yeah. last year. 
So, you know, that, that, that number differential isn't, isn't huge, but it makes a big difference um, in, in these games. Uh, you know, we take one here, one there. So get in the red zone, score touchdowns. That's what we want to see. And then break these games wide open. All right. I need you to stick up for quarterbacks and the offense as a whole. Chip Towers continues. And I just want your perspective here. Yeah. Often the Bulldogs red zone opportunities haven't been ideal. They've been first and goal at the 10 yard line three times and in between the six and eight yard lines three times. And we're between the 11 and 14 yard lines another five times. This lack of space in which to operate quote from Kirby smart. There's not really a worse situation. I think what coach Smart's saying there is it really condenses the playbook as to what you can run with such limited amounts of field in front of you. Talk to our audience. What happens to the playbook? Where do you go on the play call sheet when you're at the 5, 10, 14 yard line? Yeah, I, I look, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm going with Coach Smart on this one 100%. It's not the ideal situation. Uh, it's not great when you're first to goal at the 10. Ah, it's It sucks because you are limited on the plays that are really, really good from that yard line, so to speak. So it's, uh, what's your idea? What is your ideal play? Give dude, me your, give me your three play calls. 10 yard line, first and goal, you know, go. Are we running the ball first? First and goal uh, at the 10. Man, give me a play action pass. Let me get a, a tight end involved. Uh, let's somehow get to a corner route here. Uh, let's get isolated and one on one coverage here. Um, I, I think everybody wants you to get inside the goal line. I'm going to give you a run here. Uh, let's, All right. Let's so, okay. So, your first down, play action. I got a play action tight pass. Involved. You had yep. to throw it out of the back of the end zone. What's second down? Yeah. Uh, second, down. second and goal, 10 yard line. Man, give me a jet sweep. I think everybody wants to get uh, kind of crammed in there um, and get tight in the box because everybody knows, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of space. So let me go create space by a jet sweep. Let me get around the edge. I've seen them try to do that a couple of times. I believe Brock scored on a jet sweep on a on a goal-to-go situation when they were down there on the one. Um, so that's something they've tried and done before and had success with. Um, so say we're in third down at the 10. I mean, no, hey, Mecole, Mecole jet sweep field side. He dove for the goal line. He's out at the one and a half yard line. It's third and goal. You're right there. Need a need a yard and a half. What's the play call? Ah, uh, third one. Um, so let me fake a jet sweep here. Let me hit like a, a little woody boot uh, off to the side. Another play action. Let me get the tight end involved here. I mean, our, our tight end's our best player yeah. on the field. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Arguably, Brock is going to be the most talented player on the field. So let me find a way to get him involved somehow. Uh, anytime, anytime the ball's in his hands, one, he breaks tackles, and then he likes to score. So let me find a way to get him involved. Touchdown. Dogs score six. Woodring comes in. Blanket chip comes in. Makes the extra point. There you go. And to that point, like, yeah, you, you run those plays. Say it doesn't work out. Maybe a ball gets tipped. Whatever. You got to get three out of that. You got to get three. And in those situations, if that turnover, that's a turnover. When you miss a sub 30, if you miss any field goal, it's a turnover. You miss a sub 30 yard field goal. That's a turnover. And guess what the other team's doing? They're coming out and taking a shot, right? They're taking a shot deep. They're trying to take advantage of the moment. Just like, and watch this this weekend with all the football you're going to be watching. Just like when a blatant interception is dropped or a pick six is dropped. What do you think the play call is next? Dude, they're taking shots. They're going straight for the throat. It happens time and again. Great job there, Jake Fromm. Thank you for walking us through a tight red zone situation. All right, that was first down. Let's go to second down. We'll keep this one quick. Lane Kiffin's coming out 
and just poking the bear. Obviously, Ole Miss going to Tuscaloosa this weekend, they smell blood in the water big time. He has doubled down and continues to say publicly he doesn't think Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator to Alabama, is calling the defense. This is so fascinating to me. Of course, it's Lane being Lane, but he goes on to discuss and kind of clarify his comments. He's like, look, based on what we saw on film and on the TV copy and how signals were being brought onto the field to play, we all know Kevin. We know all the guys on staff. We don't think Kevin's calling the defense. I don't know. Is this just typical Lane being Lane? I found this to be interesting in the fact that you don't really need to give Alabama any added juice when they're having so many troubles. You just let them kind of muster in their own nonsense, if you will. Yeah, like take just take away what it is and just put yourself in Lane's shoes and just be thinking, what is the angle? Like, what am I trying to what, – what what button am I trying to press? What am I trying to push here? I don't know. Maybe it's just Lane being Lane. Maybe he's just just calling it how how he sees it. I don't he know. Says, he says, "quote I was asked the question, what's it like going against Steele's defense? I'm not trying to start this big thing. We saw things on TV copy where it just was different. First off, what the play looked like, the calls, and other stuff. So we looked into it further, and then it ain't no secret that people in these buildings know each other, so we obviously got some information that way too. I mean, just doubling down, being like, dude, it wasn't him last week. Fascinating. Saban came out and said, quote, on this other thing I hear floating around out there, I'm sure you've seen the same reports I have, is that Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator. He has all the D coordinator responsibilities. So Kiffin stirred up enough that Saban has had to come out and say, this guy is our D coordinator. Hey, man, that's just that's just Kiffin. I mean, he's just, I think, trying to stir things up in that building, get them fight each other. Job at it. And maybe they'll just come out and be super vanilla because – they don't yeah they don't know what's going on so kudos to kiffin man i i'm expecting a big things out of them this weekend because you are old miss dude i, yeah, I think this is I, if not if not now when when yeah i mean this 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 is your moment man blood's in the water go kiffin go told a, reporters monday Kiffin told reporters monday he wasn't attempting to make waves when he said it appeared that defensive backs coach Traveris robinson had taken over play calling duties against usf i mean that is too funny i agree with you though if not now when bama doesn't have a quarterback like this is the time you have to go into tuscaloosa and beat them could you imagine if alabama loses two home games in the month of september both at home i've never never seen it never witnessed it not not my not in my lifetime no I mean, when I was maybe a kid, yeah, but not, yeah. not not since I knew what football was and could walk and talk. Woo! Did you ever have any relationship with Steele recruiting wise? Uh, no. Um, LSU, uh, Auburn, uh, Texas, and then back to Alabama, I believe, is where he was. Yeah, I mean, met him a few times in passing. Um, good dude, but nothing, nothing extra ordinary. Yeah, LSU, Auburn, and Miami, and now back at. Yeah. Alabama, where he was on Saban's initial staff in 2007. So, I, w- look, will this be a talking point on Saturday at 3.30? I bet you Nestler and Danielson talk about it. I bet you the guys before mm-hmm. coverage starts discuss it. So, who knows? Kiffin being Kiffin. Um, just kind of what you come to expect. All right, third down. Look, this is about to get nasty. It looks like Mel Tucker's going to get fired at Michigan State. They've come out and said, yes, we're planning on firing Mel Tucker with cause. Tucker 
has continued to make statements of his own. He came out today and said, this is clear that other motives are in play. Firing him would save Michigan State $79 million. He continues, and he says he looks forward to having a discovery phase against Michigan State, including the trustees and the athletic department. This thing is going absolutely nowhere. Uh, It's fascinating, Jake. And fascinating may be the wrong word, but what I mean by that is that this is a storyline that will not end anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's going to be around. I mean, I think Tuck's going to double down. And I mean, not not that he wants his money, but I think he wants to try to clear his name. If if that's the way things went down, I don't know. Um, but if if I believed that I was in in the right and and not in the wrong, I would be doubling down too. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. It's probably going to be around for a while, like you said. Tucker, in his statement, quote, let's be clear. I don't believe Michigan State plans to fire me because I admitted to an entirely consensual private relationship with another adult who once gave a presentation at Michigan State at my behest over two years ago. I mean, he's saying this has been happening. We were in a relationship. It was consensual. You have no grounds to fire me with cause. Um, And Brenda Tracy, who's been around, she's had – She's done her presentation to just about every football team and athletic department out there. She has brought it on Mel Tucker. He is saying it's a sham. And when 79 million bones are at stake, buddy, giddy up. These lawyers are about to make bank. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of money's on the line. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, man. Wow. Wow. And you're just not hearing a lot of people talk about it, which is kind of crazy. But you yeah. know, once the official firing happens, oh, yeah, they're yeah. going to be talking about it. No doubt about it. So probably so. I, I think, too, just a lot of people waiting on more information. I mean, because I think the way a lot of similar things have happened, you know, you, you you see this or you see that and you start choosing sides when you really don't have a whole lot of facts <laughs> and information. So I think, especially me, I, before I, I want to go and, and say, oh, this person's in the right or this person's in the right. I want to see some facts laid out there, and and that way I can at least know in my conscience how I feel about it. Yeah, and I think that's what he said too. He's like, yeah. I don't even know how this information got out. Now the jury or you know the hearing is going to be completely biased. This is unfair. He, he look, he's got no shortage of change to go lawyer up and make yeah. it happen. All right, last thing before we get to the uh, DB three piece and prize picks, and then of course break down the games. It was reported today that Deion Sanders has filed for numerous trademarks. You know, I love Coach Prime now. I've got the trademarks pulled up right here, and it's I I don't know if it's if it's getting mixed reactions or what. Um, but Dion has filed for the trademarks of Coach Prime, Prime Effect, Daddy Buck, and it's personal. So Dion, you know, obviously sees what's happening around his program. Like the shades last week, selling 65,000 pairs in a week. He's saying, let me make an extra buck. You know what? I don't blame him at all. I'm a Dion fan. Dion is not a businessman. He's a business man. Shout out, Jay-Z. That's just my thought. I love this guy. That's good. Honestly, I'm surprised that a few of those weren't already trademarked. I know. Like Coach Prime? I figured he would already had that in the bag. I totally agree with you. Gotta like, get I, that going. I, I'm I'm surprised that it hasn't already been. 
uh, Daddy Buck kind of threw me threw me for a loop. I, maybe you can explain that one. I, I, don't, I don't know, know that one. I don't, I don't know, know that. I get though. I have to ask some teammates about that tomorrow, so I can get educated on that one. But Warren Sapp came out and said he's trying to be defensive line coach for Colorado next season. Said he wants to go back to school, get his degree, and go coach with D on it, Colorado. It's crazy. It's crazy out in the streets, Colorado. All right, that's yeah, three and out. We got a couple penalties. We backed it up. We went three and out with five plays. Sue me. It's time for the prize pick segment of DB three piece. Okay. It happens. It's coming back with a vengeance this week. If you don't know what it is, lock in, download the prize picks app, use the promo code punt. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. And we are college football focused this weekend, all Saturday action. Follow me on social media at drew Butler. Follow us on social media at punt and pass. It will be up there. Here are my picks. We're starting with the noon game, Florida State, Clemson. Clemson's offense actually finding some life. New offensive coordinator, Garrett Shipley. Cade Klubnick, obviously, slower start against Duke. They're going to need to run the ball this weekend. You have to. Florida State's defense has been a little suspect, allowing 29 points last week to Boston College. Will Shipley, running back for Clemson, he's getting in the end zone. They don't win this game if he doesn't score a touchdown. Will Shipley, running back Clemson, more than a half a touchdown. Will Shipley, like more that. than a half a touchdown. You know it wouldn't be right if I didn't go to my guy, Shador Sanders, okay? He's going to have to have a huge, huge game. Colorado are prohibitive underdogs. 21-point dogs at Oregon. The total is 70 and a half. They're thinking points, 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 points. Shador Sanders is going to be airing it out as he has, Jake. Shador Sanders, more than two and a half passing touchdowns. He'll get three passing touchdowns. He needs to. Rounding it out, Saturday night football in South Bend. Touchdown, Jesus. Marvin Harrison Jr. is getting in the end zone as well. Marvin Harrison Jr., more than a half a touchdown. That's the DB3 piece. It's hitting. I don't know what else to tell you. Will Shipley, Clemson running back, more than a half a touchdown. Shador Sanders, Colorado quarterback, going up against Oregon. Points, points, points. More than two and a half passing touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State wide receiver, more than a half a receiving touchdown. Those guys are going to be making it happen, lighting up the scoreboard this weekend. It will also light up your Prize Picks account. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT, 100% deposit match up to $100. Lock in that DB3 piece. It'll make this amazing fall weekend that much better. All right, inside the five, and guess what? I have six games. Georgia game doesn't really count. They're playing UAB this weekend, but I'll be there. I'm fired up. Starting with that noon game, Jake. Number four, Florida State at Clemson. This is in Death Valley. Florida State's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 55. This game is at noon on ABC. Your thoughts, my friend? For Florida State to be the number four team in the country – playing an unranked Clemson to only be in a two-and-a-half-point favorite? Yep, now you're talking. Something's up, man. Now you're talking. Something's up. They uh, they like Clemson in this one, and I, I might be too. I don't know. I think so. You think Dabo writes the wrongs here? He said, you don't, he said in his press conference this week, I've never seen anybody get a trophy after three games. He's lining it up, man. I think I think they got to come out fighting. I really do. Florida State didn't didn't look all that great last week. They're vulnerable in some spots. Man, I don't know. I think I'm gonna be on the Dabo train this week. Yeah, you're riding with Clemson. Okay, I don't hate yeah. that. 
Florida State hasn't won at Clemson since 2013. Florida State hasn't won at Clemson since 10 years ago. I just said it in the DB3 piece. Their defense is suspect. They're allowing almost 400 yards per game. On the flip side, though, Clemson's offense against anybody who's been decent, that being Duke, did not look good whatsoever. Growing pains, new offensive coordinator. They're starting to pick up the pieces a little bit. I think Clemson leans on Will Shipley. I think this one is tight late. Clemson doesn't have a kicker. They don't have a kicker. They just got Mm -hmm. a guy from campus who had an extra year of eligibility. Dabo, his quote was, this will either be a great story or a total disaster. That's what he said. Dabo said that. If you don't have a kicker in a game like this, I have a hard time thinking you're going to be able to keep it within a field goal. So here's my, my guess. Florida State kicks a game-winning field goal to win by three. They cover the two and a half. Just line that up for you perfectly. I can't believe Dabo said that. He said this is either going to be a great story or a total disaster. At least he's aware. Yeah. Uh, I got to be right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes down. I'll, I'll definitely be watching now, especially if it's tight in the fourth quarter, because it's going to come down to it. And you know, it will. It. Yeah, it's going to be a close game, no matter what. All right, got to go to to the the Colorado Buffs. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. They lost Travis Hunter. It probably hurts them more on the defensive side of the ball because he was a very good. I agree. Cornerback number nineteen, Colorado at number ten, Oregon. Oregon is a huge twenty-one point favorite. The total is seventy and a half points. That is way up there. This game is at three thirty on ABC. Bo Nix, Shadur Sanders. This is a prime quarterback matchup. Man, it sucks. Travis Hunter's out. Yeah, I I, I really like what you said. I, I think it's going to hurt Colorado a lot more on the defensive side of the ball and trying to slow down the Oregon offense. Um, because they they got some other dudes playing receiver. Oh, that Xavier does. Worthy guy is a freaking stud. I mean, Shador's got some guys to throw the ball to. Do do not be surprised. You know, these guys showing up and having some great games. Xavier uh, Weaver, without, excuse me. Yes, keep going. So uh, yeah, I mean, I still think Colorado's going to come out swinging. I you you could kind of see their vulnerability a little bit in the Colorado State game. You know, maybe maybe the moment got too big. I don't know. I don't think the moment will be too big for him this week, though. Um, I expect him to score a lot of points uh, and be ready to roll, but it is a big road test. Uh, we'll see how it goes, man. I, I think Bo's going to come out fighting, and uh, I think Bo's going to have a really good game. So, What do you think about Landon? You think Landon is the kind of guy who can um, galvanize his defense and say we're going to pride ourselves in shutting down Shadour in this offense? Because Colorado's offense has been hanging it up, man. They're putting tons of points on the board. I think if anybody can, it is Lanning. Uh, Lanning's had a lot of success, obviously, at Georgia with different dudes playing defense now. But uh, he had a lot of success at Georgia, man, with scheme stuff up, we'll call a great game. So uh, he's definitely going to have his hand in the defense a lot this week Um, because you just you don't want to be a a young coach with a great opportunity and and lose these games. So, yeah, he's going to be very, very well involved this week in game planning. I'm going to take the over. I mean, 70 and a half, that'd just be fun to watch. It'd be sacrilege to go under that number, even though it yeah. might completely not even touch it. Um, but I definitely would take the points here. I just think there's too much excitement. 
Colorado's offense can keep pace if there's chinks in the armor on Oregon's defense. Again, I know it sucks Travis Hunter's out, but Xavier yeah. Weaver is a freaking baller. Jimmy Horn Jr. can run around as well. That tight end got activated last week against Colorado State. And this is a statement game for Shador and for Coach Prime. They keep yeah. it within 21. I mean, are you kidding me? Give me 21 points. I'll take 21 against anybody. Anybody when it comes to the Colorado Buffalo. So this will be a great game. I hope you have two TVs because you're going to want to be watching that one. And our next game is the CBS SEC 330 game, number 15 Ole Miss at number 13 Alabama. Bama is only a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 55-and-a-half. So many storylines here. Yeah, Kiffin's chirping the Alabama coaching staff, but don't forget Pete Golding, the former Alabama defensive coordinator, is now the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Dude, honestly, I'm surprised that Alabama is a six and a half point favorite. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could totally see a two and a half, a three. I just I, I like Ole Miss all, all day in this one. I don't know why, but Do it's just I feel it. It's in the air, just like fall is in the air right now. Okay. I'm feeling uh the Ole Miss Rebels right now. And I well, think certainly it's certainly time. They win the quarterback battle. I mean, you already yeah. know that they can run the ball. Quinshawn Jenkins. Running. Yeah, yeah, they got better running back. I, I mean, and, I, and look, if their defense is suspect, well, Alabama's offense is more suspect than that. Yeah, got some I stats see. for you. <laughs> got some Phil Steele stats for you. Bama has won seven straight against Ole Miss, but only three and four against the spread. Bama is seven and zero straight up, four and three against the spread in SEC home openers since 2016. The last loss was against Ole Miss. In 2015. So, look, if not now, when? You don't make bank fading Alabama. It's something that I've said for seven years on this podcast. But in this instance, you got to take the six and a half with Ole Miss. I mean, is that the square play? Is that what the odds makers are luring me into doing, Drew? Yeah, think that you're smarter than us. Yeah, you know everything. Yeah, Alabama's no good. Luring us. I, I just can't get over the quarterback play, Jake. I can't get over that. It is one or the other. It is Kiffin wins, dethrones Alabama, is the new head coach of Alabama next year. Or it's the, <laughs> it's the same old, same old Kiffin. Just and dropping they, the ball. And they get boat raced out of Bryant-Denny Stadium and back to Mississippi. But there's no way, like they can't, but they can't score. I don't know, dude. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by that game. Literally fascinated by that game. I you agree. don't think those players are going to be nervous. You don't think that coaching staff's like, dude, we've got to put a good game plan together. We have to execute. But they, I, but I think the Alabama players are more nervous, or maybe they don't care. I don't know. No, I agree with. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you. On, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. I'm talking about yeah. Alabama players. Like to to be an Alabama football player and lose not once but twice in a season, and then twice at home. Dude, you wouldn't even want to go to class in back to back home games. Dude, bro, what? <laughs> I know that would be <laughs> insane. We'll see if it happens. That's going to be a good game. All right, let's go 7.30. We'll go quick here. Number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame. Ohio State, three-point favorite on the road. The total's 55-and-a-half, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Look, Kyle McCord, the quarterback at Ohio State, 
kind of still battling it out. He's cemented himself as the air quote starter. He's got no shortage of amazing wide receivers. Sam Hartman on the other side. I said, he's ripping it up. 13 tutties, just one interception. This is a show me what you got game for Notre Dame, dude. If they win this game, I mean, it's, it's a cakewalk to the college football playoff with really the only tough test left being that USC game against Caleb Williams. Yeah. I, I like Sam Hartman. So I like Notre Dame. I just don't know if Ohio, I think Ohio state has the dudes, but I think they're kind of similar to Georgia in a sense of um, I, I like Carson better than Kyle McCord, obviously, but I just don't think they've figured out the offensive side of the ball yet. So man, I, this is going to be a big atmosphere. I like Notre Dame in this one. I like Sam Hartman. Just I do a better quarterback. Yeah, a better quarterback, home, yeah. primetime underdog. This is a big test for Sam Hartman, though. Ohio State's defense ranks second in yards per play and second in total yards allowed in the nation. I just think living off of the big explosive chunk play like Ohio State does puts Kyle McCord in a tough spot in a game like this where you know that's going to be grinding, you know it's going to be late. I hope Marvin Harrison Jr. does capitalize on one of those explosive plays for the DB3 piece. But I go back to the quarterback, Sam Hartman, take him over Kyle McCord. And really here, I like Marcus Freeman. From an emotional standpoint, being an Ohio State alum, uh, from a prove-it standpoint, this is a, a hang-your-hat type game for his head coaching tenure. He knows that this game, and the players at Notre Dame know – that this game vaults them directly into the college football playoff conversation. They play USC at home October 14th. They go to Clemson November 4th. Notre Dame, home dogs, that's it. You and I, I like are on the same side there. Number 24, Iowa. At number 7, Penn State. This is your whiteout game. Penn mm. State's a 15-point favorite. The total is 40. This game is at 7.30 p.m. on CBS. Yeah, this is your CBS doubleheader. Big 10 taking over CBS next year. Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson on the call. That will feel weird. Late night CBS action, Big 10 football. Penn State's a 15-point favorite. Are you aware of the contract clause in Brian Ferentz's, the offensive coordinator at Iowa's contract this year? So much has been made in years past. Iowa's offense can't score. They're stuck in a box. All it is is runs and play action. Well, his dad's the head coach, Kirk Ferentz. So it was publicly made knowledge that in Brian Ferentz's contract, Iowa has to score 25 points per game this year or else he's not coaching there next year. Did you know that? By the looks wow. of it, you, you did not know that. No, that is so interesting to yeah, me. They have to average 25 points per game for him to keep his job. And just that just blows me away. I I don't know what to say. I <laughs> well, let me I just I'm reading. Let me just read some of the offensive totals from last year. Week one seven. Week two seven. Week three twenty seven. Week four twenty seven. Week five fourteen. Week six six. Week <laughs> seven ten. Oh, they, I mean, they they couldn't score a year ago. He's got to score twenty five a game. I can't wait to wake up and go to the QB room tomorrow morning and talk about this with the guys and you see better. what they say. You better because this is this is just astounding to me and never heard anything like it. Uh, I don't think they'll score a lot of points. Got Penn State, father in law's a Penn State guy. We are on this one. All right, I'll follow your lead on that one. Penn State at home, night game. They forced five turnovers a week ago uh, at Illinois, kept them in that game, kind of a sloppy midday, noon, big 10 kickoff, as you'd expect. 
they got away with that one. You can't go against this environment. Penn State, minus 15. Iowa does always keep this game chippy, though, historically. All right, last thoughts. I'll be there. UAB at Georgia, 7.30 p.m. ESPN2. Dogs are a 42-point favorite. My goodness. Trent Dilfer coming out with some pretty cool quotes this week. You know, he's the new head coach at UAB. He said there's nothing like playing in the SEC. The atmosphere at night, quote, it just means more is real. I've played in a Super Bowl. This is way cooler than that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a that's a cool take. And honestly, I mean, pretty, pretty strong stance to take. That's a that's a hill I'm willing to die on. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh Trent Dilfer and I think those guys have come out swinging, but uh, I think the dogs have a lot to prove in this game. Man, do they ever. And so I expect them to, to come out swinging hard. Uh, I expect them to fire on just about all cylinders as good as they can. And I expect them to score a lot of points. So even though it's a big one, I'm just I'm feeling lucky on this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, what do you want to see? You want to see crisp offensive activity in the red zone. You want to see no injuries. Um, you want to see a sound game plan where Georgia executes middle of the third quarter. They start rotating guys in, and you can kind of sense the focus on the sideline shifting towards Auburn. That's what you want to see because that Auburn game, I, I think Auburn's going to beat AM this weekend at AM. I do too. Two undefeated teams. It's the CBS 330 kickoff next week. Carson's first round game. Love it. It is going to be a true test of metal. I don't care what Auburn's roster looks like. Uh, I don't care what their record is. Those fans are going to be wild. Hugh Freeze hung it on Kirby, Kirby's first year. Uh, you, you Were you in that game? No, that was uh, your No. Game. Yeah, yeah that was right for me. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So it, there'll just be a lot of great storylines, but that's what I want to see. Offensive efficiency in the red zone. No injuries. Get the uh, backups in mid-third quarter. Shift the focus towards Auburn. Should be a great night in Athens. Dude, the weather looks perfect. I'll be there with all the girls. If you see me, holler at me. That's what I do. I'll send you, I'll send you a pic on the TV. Perfect. Perfect. I'll find, I'll find you. There you go. You definitely will. All right. That was uh, week four of Punt and Pass presented to you by Prize Picks. You already know the drill. This is the best weekend of the year to get down on prize picks, Major League Baseball, college football, the DB3 piece. They have it all. You can win 25 times your money. Download the prize picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from jakepuntandpass.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Oh, man. Excited for the weekend. Uh, Obviously, big weekend in college football. We played the Buffalo Bills team. Okay. I drafted on so yeah, big, yeah, big big weekend for all of us, man. The weather is turning right, and it's Any, a good uh, time to be alive. Still got a bunch of friends over there. Obviously, all the yeah. athletic trainers, uh, yep. coaches are all the same. Still, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, it's gonna be real cool. So we'll see. We'll see when we get there. Awesome, my man. Okay, we'll have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. See ya. We out. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. 
FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.